Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. This is Gourmet with a quick note before we get the episode started. I have something exciting to tell you about. We have launched the Fat Guy Forum Patreon. That's right. You can now become a monthly supporter of the show for just a few dollars, less than a cup of coffee a month. You can support keeping these amazing dude stories coming to you. And there's even a bonus at one of the tiers that I think is going to be very exciting. I have some great ideas to come to as we develop this, but I wanted to get it launched and in your hands. So if you enjoy what you hear on this show and you want to help me to keep it coming to you, please go over to that link in the show notes, and that is patreon.com slash keto. Thank you so much, my friends, and on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I'm excited to have you with us once again. Even all of the neighborhood dogs are apparently excited right now for this to be happening, if you can hear them in the background. So I'm just ready to, to, to talk to yet another guy who's got a, a pretty incredible story for us to hear and is going to take us through his journey. His name is Tom Drea. And Tom, how are you doing today? I am absolutely wonderful. I'm so excited and quite honored to be able to have the chance to come online and be able to share my story with you all. Well, I, I'm glad that you're here, man, and I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. So let's get right to it. Tell us, Tom, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Uh, I would say what qualifies me, um, I will go back to the beginning. Um, so growing up, I was always a big child. I was always head and shoulders above everyone else, very broad shouldered, and I liked to eat a lot. <laughs> um, so I was always quite overweight as a child. Leaving from there, I was then a victim of, of bullying, which caused me to fall into a cycle of comfort eating. And the sad the sadder, the more depressed I got, the more I would eat. But then because of my size, I would then feel even more sad, even more depressed. But then I would carry on eating because that was all I knew what to do. Um, by the time I left school at the age of 16, I was at least 280 pounds. Um, and after school, that weight increased just just continue to to grow um the heaviest i found myself was over 420 pounds by the age of 24 25 um and i realized that life had to change if i wanted to carry on living um over the course of the next few years i lost 42 pounds and then i finally decided to give it absolutely everything I had and was able to lose 140 pounds within a 12 month span over 2019, um, which has allowed me to, to bring myself down to where I'm right now maintain a weight of about 250 pounds. Um, so I've lost over 180 pounds in total. Um, so I believe that that is what qualifies yeah. me. That's quite the journey, man. And there's, I think there's a lot there. Like, I, I think that cycle you talked about, you know, of the, of the bullying reinforcing the eating is, I know it's something that I can personally relate to. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't realize. It's like, 
it, it's especially now even in, in our world with social media and everything people think the idea of, of shaming someone is what's going to help change behavior and a lot of us are examples of, of that not actually helping you know if it, it actually kind of reinforces the the issue and reinforces the challenges yes <clears throat> yeah well one of the conversations i had my my personal trainer that i i decided to go with was actually a childhood friend of mine and so we were in the same group of friends from the age of five to 16. And with my size, I, I always knew that people would make fun, would make jokes, would make comments. So my own defense mechanism was to be the first person to make the jokes about myself. Um, that way I felt I was in control of the situation. And when I spoke to my friend as a personal trainer um, last year, I then told him how I felt at that time. And he didn't realize how all the comments made me feel because I was the first to make them. Um, I was always very happy-go-lucky, um, you know, the, the joker of the pack in a sense. And when I told him how I really felt at 14, 15 years of age, his first question was, why didn't you ever say anything? And my reply was, how do you expect a 14, 15 year old you know, boy in a large group of boys actually say, I don't like this. This makes me upset. Um, that It's just not a conversation that we could have. So that made me just bottle everything up and um, stay within that cycle because I didn't know how to break it. There was no one I felt I could turn to. Um, so food was always that option that I knew I could fall into. And I think you're right. Like, I think it's that idea of like, you know, people on the outside or even within the, you know, within the group, like have this thought of, well, well why didn't you ever say anything about it? Like, why didn't you just speak up or express that? And I think we know how it goes when you're when you're that age, when you're younger, and you express that kind of stuff. Even it's it's not taken as you know proper feedback. It's not adult feedback. It's you know I I, I think you know in my experience, like the more I tried to stop the bullying, the, the worse it got. Like the, in terms of the pushback, and so I, that had to be really interesting. That had to be a really interesting experience for you to you know have grown up with that person. And then be coming back, kind of circling back around and, you know, at this stage of your life and for the reasons that you did. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. Um, one of the biggest bonuses of going with my childhood friend as a personal trainer was he knew my background. He knew what worked for me, how, you know, he knew what my personality was truly. Um, and because I had because I was always the big child. I was always the, the bigger boy. Um, even though I, I was fairly active, I would still play football with everyone um, or soccer, if if you want to refer to it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would still play a lot of sports. I was quite agile, especially for my size. Um, so my my trainer, Kevin, uh, he, he really took my journey as a personal goal for himself as well um especially once he realized how i actually felt at that time and um, you know he he did take it a lot more personally um so we worked together so much harder um 
And, you know, now I, I do refer to him as my brother because of how close we've really become throughout it all. Oh, I believe. And that there's something it's it's neat. And, and that's a that's a not very nondescriptive word, but it, it's powerful to know that you had that initial you know connection growing up and then to come back together and work on this project, as you put it yourself. You know, your journey is is really it, it's exciting in a lot of ways, like to see that kind of growth and development, like knowing that you're able to come back together as people and, and work on this. And I, I certainly see that kind of creating an investment for both of you in the in the challenge of it all really man and and tom i'm curious so you you said you got up over 400 pounds over 420 pounds was your heaviest weight what was life like for you then um uh, apart from living in denial <laughs> um when i finally accepted how life actually was um it it, it was really difficult even the most simplest of tasks um waking up in the morning getting myself ready showered getting dressed it, it was a lot more difficult than i was willing to accept um you know feeling very breathless quite a lot of the time um i would walk up to the local train station which is five minute walk um i would walk there i would be you know extremely hot very sweaty out of breath and um, but i always try to make up excuses and reasons for it instead of just accepting what it was um and i at that time i i actually work with three and four year olds um uh, for a preschool and you know working with that age range of three and four year olds they are very active um so my job was was so tough um because typically it involves a lot of kind of running around a lot of sitting down on the floor getting up moving from place to place within the rooms out into the gardens and um, everything it was just so difficult it was very tiring um just yeah the most simplest of tasks would leave me out of breath would leave me quite sore uh, and you know for, for years i just didn't want to accept it was the weight that i had put on you know i did not want to accept the blame um until enough was finally enough and what was it about your eat like uh, i'm curious about your relationship with food like you know we talked a little bit about the eating that was reinforced by the bullying but what what was your eating really like that you know brought you to that weight um well as i was as i was growing up um both of my parents are deaf um so they can't hear anything whatsoever um so when i when i was upset it was very easy for me to walk into another room and you know go through the cupboards go into the fridge and and take whatever i could take hold of um knowing that my mum and dad could not hear what i was doing um so that was kind of how i first fell into the trap because they couldn't monitor they couldn't see what I was doing. They couldn't hear what I was doing. Um, so it, it was it was all the snacks. It was all the, the crisps, potato chips, the, all the chocolates, all the sweets. Um, and then th that just snowballed. When, whenever I had any money, I would go to the shop 
and I would just buy the same old things, all the fizzy drinks, um, all the chocolates. And then as I got a little bit older, it was the fast foods, takeaways, um, until I was a, a quite a big size. And then, and then I, I, again, I tried to deceive myself really because I actually would stop eating throughout the day and then I would just have one meal of a night, but it would be a massive, massive meal <laughs> that could that could probably feed three or four people. Um, I would have that and then more chocolate afterwards uh, as a treat, I would say. Um, so I, I kind of deceived myself that because I because I wasn't eating during the day that it wasn't it wasn't too bad, um, but in reality it was <laughs> so tom what was was there one moment that that led to you realizing you needed to make a change or was it the culmination of all that you were dealing with um it was a culmination of everything um it was finally realizing and accepting that there was an issue um and that there was only one way to to resolve it um i i spent many many nights just lay in bed, actually worrying for my health, um, knowing that it was only a matter of time before diabetes, heart attack, strokes, any other you know weight-induced illness. Um, it was just a matter of time, and it did begin to worry me. I, at the time, I was twenty-four, maybe twenty-five at the time, and it hit me that. I may not actually live to see 30. And that terrified me. I, I've always had that vision of, you know, eventually finding a woman, getting married, settling down, all, all that type of you know, of things. Um, but the thought that I wouldn't live to see 30 really, really impacted me. Um, so I would I would spend hours looking on the internet. Uh, ways to lose weight, um, scrolling through Facebook and other social medias of different people that have lost weight and how they've done it. Um, until one night I finally committed within myself to actually do something about it. <laughs> I think it's a story that a lot of a lot of people listening can relate to. It's 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 not always that there's there's one specific thing that happens. It's that you finally, it's almost like enough becomes enough in terms of that worry and that concern and, and the challenges you're facing. And it, there's only so much that you can shoulder. And, you know, for some people that shuts them down even more and, you know, prevents them from changing. But I, I think for others like yourself, it, it leads to realizing action needs to happen. Yeah. And another one of my reasons, as I said before, about working with three and four year olds is at that age, they are beginning to grow and develop personalities. And my one of my focuses is to be a role model for these children. Um, the area, I think, in society today, there's quite a lot of single mother families um, where there's not much of a male presence. Uh, and working with this age. In, in this nation, there's not many male that work um, with, with the children. 
so it's quite a rare thing. So I've always wanted to be a good role model and I could not, you know, say how, how to be a good role model when it comes to eating lunch, um, you know, at meal times when I am sat there at four, you know, 400 plus pounds. Um, th there's no way to justify that being a good role model for eating, for nutrition, for health. It, it, it does not work. Um, so that was, that was another part. That was something else added to the culmination of me finally saying enough is enough. So you get to this point where enough is enough and you're, you're going to make change. What, what did you do to start? What, what were the changes you made at first? Um, well, at first it was understanding how much I was actually eating and accepting that it was way too much um, and then I I joined the local gym and this was a cycle that went for two to three years where I would join a gym I would go for one two maybe three months and then I would then I'd give in and I would not go back for uh, five six seven months and then I'd go back do one month, come back out. Um, yeah, so I was I was very in and out. Um, and over two to three years, that was when I lost about 42 pounds. And after those three years, I looked back and thought, yes, I made some progress, but it wasn't good enough. And I also had people around me help me as well. Um, so at, at the church that I go to, one guy there provided me with a, with quite a bit of Under Armour equipment, clothing, things like that. Um, he was willing to help me with a personal trainer. If I could get to the gym that they were at, then he would provide a personal trainer for free. So I I did have quite a lot of things given to me. But ultimately, after those three years, I realized that I was not sacrificing enough. And for me to be able to to lose the weight that I needed to, I realized that I needed to put something into it myself. Um, so that was when I found, my, found Kevin on Facebook as a personal trainer, um, where then I was paying for his services myself to make myself accountable instead of having everything given to me i i i now have to pay I, you know i now have to give something more of myself um and i was not going to let my money go to waste mm -hmm. <laughs> so no, i think that that's an important perspective like i get that question a lot working with people as a coach you know like you know why should i pay and, you know, besides all the services you receive working with a trainer or with a coach or someone along those lines, your your investment is stronger. Money is something that motivates us. And, and there's something to be said for that. Yes, certainly. When, when I spoke with Kevin the first time that I met with him, we worked out what my monthly outgoings were on fast foods, on the takeaways, on the, the, the junk that I would buy. And that actually outweighed, it costed more than what I was about to pay him. 
so not only was I actually saving money, <laughs> but then I was investing that within within myself. I was investing in my own health. Um, so that really turned me and really motivated me. Um, and then I also, for the year that I was with Kevin, there was there was a much bigger emphasis on nutrition. Um, a lot. I I was told that a lot of studies show that when it comes to weight loss, they say it's eighty percent nutrition, twenty percent um, exercise. I, I think I think for me it was probably more ninety. 95% nutrition, 5 to 10% exercise. Um I I I could not emphasize how how massive nutrition really is when it comes to weight loss. Um understanding calories, calories in versus calories out, different ways and methods of going about that. Um it's it's such a massive part without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, I, I think it is for sure. And I, and I think often, for some reason, people flip that around in their heads and they think, you know, if as long as I, I start working out, even if I don't change what I'm eating, I'm going to see the changes I want to see happen. And they learn very quickly that that's not the way that it works, you know, especially if you're someone that's significantly overweight. Like that's food is important and food choices are important. And and you you did a lot over that year working with Kevin, you know, 2019, like it, you, you dropped... Was it a, you said one hundred and forty pounds that year? Yes, that's, that's yes. It, it, in tw- in twelve months, it, I dropped one hundred and forty pounds. And what was it like to see your your, your what was your it like to see your body change like that? It it was it, it still is mind blowing <laughs> when when I look back and I see the, the photos and the videos, um, uh, to, to how I am now. I honestly. It's a very cliche thing to say, but I, I don't feel like that I'm looking back at myself anymore. I, I don't recognize that person anymore. Um, and I think that was also what motivated me and, and pushed me to help push myself further. Um, seeing on the scales, you know, the first few weeks, four, five, six pounds coming off, losing... 14 15 16 pounds in the first month um seeing that on the scales and how loose clothes were beginning to fit nearly nearly instantly um the 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 excitement levels were completely through the roof at that point um so that really motivated me because the results were so instant uh, but that was because I had so much weight to lose, um, and I think that's that, that's another issue that a lot of people have. If results aren't as quick as they would like, people get disheartened very quickly. So I was very fortunate with having so much to lose. Results were quite quick to see, so the, that excitement helped to really push. Within five months, I've already lost 70 pounds by that point and my clothes sizes dropped two or three sizes within those first few months so seeing that change 
was it was it was unbelievable at the time um quite literally i could not believe what i was seeing or how i was feeling um but that and i still wake up with that same excitement now um as as i'm trying to regain the fitness that i had a few months ago prior to my operation um it's that excitement of 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 getting back to that fit to that level of fitness and physique um that really excites and pushes me even more so let's before we get into kind of like what has happened to you over the this past year you know 2020 i think everyone's got a 2020 story tell us a little bit about i think what people want to hear so they hear that you lost 140 pounds in a year and one of the things that they they wonder about is like what what did your life look like during that time in terms of the amount of working out you did, like what was food like, like take us into like what, even if you want to take us into like what a day was like for you then. <laughs> yeah, of course. So in terms of the nutrition, one of the things that I already knew about myself was that if I was to eat carbs, then it would not keep me full for a long period of time. So I would, I would tend to overeat. So part of my plan over the 12 months was to cut down the amount of carbs that I was having and increase the protein just to help me feel fuller for longer. So breakfast, uh, would, it, it would usually be bacon, eggs, um that that would generally be breakfast or maybe tuna and eggs um and throughout the day there would be a lot of chicken um definitely a lot of chicken um but just typically a lot of meat and then packed with a lot of green vegetables or salads um and i kind of lived religiously like that for the next 12 months there would be the odd occasion where I would have something sweet, some kind of little treat, just because if I was to fully go without, then I knew that I would, I would cave and I would end up binge eating instead. So I always made sure that I would allow room for something sweet every now and then just to keep myself feeling more satisfied um in terms of the exercise <laughs> my first pt session with kevin he has a warm-up that every client must do before the session and the warm-up normally takes five to ten minutes so it would include Start, starting off with star jumps or jumping jacks and then different stretches, um, some very basic squats, lunges, press-ups, um, very few reps, just to get the body warm. And my first 45-minute session was attempting to complete this warm-up which i could not physically finish in 45 minutes so there was a few times i needed to stop go outside 
get some air because I felt like I was going to throw up. That was how poor my 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 fitness was. Thankfully, within a couple of weeks, I was able to complete a warm up in the forty five minutes, <laughs> and then as the weight was dramatically decreasing, I was then able to pick up on. The, the, I was able to increase physically with the exercise. Within a couple of months, I was then able to complete the warm up and still have thirty minutes of the session left. Um, you know, fast forward the twelve months. At the end, I was able to do the warm up in five or six minutes. I would then do a full forty five minute session weightlifting. Then I would be able to go into a a hit gym class straight after that. And then I would be able to go and run for two to three miles. Um so that was in within the space of, of twelve months. I could not I could not stretch and warm up in and in just under an hour to then being able to train nonstop for three hours. <laughs> That's incredible. That I mean like that and it, what I like hearing and I think is important for people to take from that is not just what you got to but that you, you started where you were at and you you know even your trainer had you you know work at that level and just continue at it and it was that consistency it was that repetition that brought the growth yeah, yeah most most certainly um we we did have a, a few laughs and a few jokes over how long things were taking mm. at the beginning well, but bet. we both we both knew it was only a matter of time uh, before I was physically able to do a lot more. So we we could afford to to have fun at the time, and we 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 still do now. <laughs> so so that was kind of that this kind of incredible year you had. You know, kind of take us into what what's been going on what what's been going on recently you know this year i know you you've been through some challenges and and you even you know you brought up the surgery that you've had like take us take us into 2020 man so yeah leading into 2020 i was at the time i got down to 240 pounds um and then as everyone knows covid-19 comes along <laughs> likes to mess around with life quite a quite a, a large chunk um so in england we had a national lockdown where everything was closed and we had to stay indoors all that lovely fun stuff so at that time in the march and april um i was starting to do a lot of workouts at home I was I I was off work for a few months on a government scheme so I took the time to really push myself physically so I would do a 45 minute to an hour long full body circuit at nine o'clock in the morning then I would go straight into a three to five mile run and sometimes I would do another circuit at two o'clock in the afternoon. But if I didn't, well, if I did or didn't, I still done a circuit class at six o'clock in the evening. So I would train 
two to three, maybe four times a day, five days a week. Um, so, and that was over six weeks. And in those six weeks, I put a, roughly about 15 pounds on, um, most of it being solid muscle. And then in originally scheduled for April, but canceled because of the pandemic, eventually rescheduled for the beginning of June. I then when I went in for surgery where I had a flare de lee abdominal plasty, um, otherwise more commonly known as a tummy tuck. So that involved being cut from, from my rib cage all the way straight down to the waistline and then from hip to hip. Um, and then having obviously a large section of skin being removed and then closed back over, stitched, um, everything like that. So th my scar line is, it's like an inverted T, um, a bit like an anchor shape. Uh, one of the, one of the, the plus sides with the operation was when I was with the specialist, he informed me that it was quite common to have the abdominal muscles tightened, um, especially with the weight that I was at. Um, normally the abdominal muscles would have stretched to where they would have needed tightening by the specialist. But as I lay down and he asked me to go into a sit-up, then to lie back and lift my leg so he could physically feel the abdominal muscles. He said, because of the exercise that I had been doing, that I, did, I actually didn't need any tightening because of how solid my core actually was, uh, which he said was a extremely rare thing to happen especially with the weight that I was at. Um, so that made me feel so much better <laughs> that I knew that all this exercise was actually paying off <laughs> in, more, in more ways than one because with my recovery was then so much easier. Uh, the surgeon did say, as soon as they have to do any work to the abdominal muscles, the pain, the recovery is so much worse. It takes so much longer. Um, thankfully, I was, I was in and out on the same day. I, was, I went in in the morning and I was back at home by 5.30 p.m. And... One week later, I went back for a checkup. They were very happy. Within two weeks, I two to three weeks, I was walking around pretty much back to normal. Um, I was allowed back into work after three weeks. And then I think I was back in the gym after six, six or seven weeks. Um, I was taking things very lightly. <laughs> Um, but just the fact that I was allowed back so soon, um, even the surgeon was very surprised, but he was very happy with how my recovery was going. So since June up until now, 
it's been a period of getting getting used to the body that I'm in now. <laughs> um, not having to worry about this massive overhang, you know, of skin around the stomach. Um, which is something that I've never really had before. So I actually, it, I genuinely feel like life has started again. Um, it's it's become a brand new thing for me, which I have to learn and adapt to. But I love every minute of it. <laughs> well, that's a, it's it's amazing, man, and it is. I think sometimes people don't understand, like. Yes, even even losing 140 pounds in a year to some people doesn't seem, you know, like they want to lose weight overnight and, you know, because they feel like on some levels they gain the weight overnight. But the reality is like that's a, a rapid transformation for you. Like it really is like almost like you, you went to bed one night in one body and woke up and <laughs> woke up in another the next day. Like there's 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 mind games that come into play with that. Like, do you still like I, I know it's something I deal with. Like, do you still find yourself? treat because i one of the things when you're that large is like you deal with the amount of space that you take up when you go into new locations or you go into stores and shops and you know you think about seating and and aisles and and all of that like do you still find yourself falling back into thinking about that even though the reality is it's not something you need to be concerned about yes (laughs) a very quick answer yes i do um especially going into new places i still always I will always look at the seats and think, is that going to be, am I okay there? Am I going to take up space? Um, with having that as a, a mental struggle and a mental battle for my entire life, um, there is something that is still there. So I, I am getting a lot better with it, uh, but it is still there. When last year, it was um i got on an airplane for the first time in years and as soon as i got on the airplane i'm looking up the aisle i'm looking at all the seats thinking i i I don't know how i'm going to do this i instantly reverted back to a few years previous when you know i i had to struggle and squeeze just to walk through the aisle i have to sit very cramped in a chair, ask for a seatbelt extension. Um, and I could feel myself just being so crammed and uncomfortable and spilling out of the seat into those next to me. And I, I was embarrassed and ashamed of how it, how it must have made them feel. So getting on the, getting onto this airplane, those, that was my first thought. Um, I, I just reverted back to a few years ago and it, 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 it scared me until I actually walked the aisle and then somebody was stood up putting, um, stowing their luggage away. Normally I would have to stand and wait and wait for them to sit down um, or if they see me coming, they would quickly move out of the way to let, to let me get past. Um so I seen a person standing there and that was my first worry. Uh, you know, are they going to look at me and, and move very quickly? But they didn't. 
And then I took the risk of trying to slide around them, which I was then able to do. <laughs> that made me feel so much better. I was then able to sit in the chair and actually be comfortable for the first time ever. Um, I, I, I do remember having an interview back in February. And one of the things that I said then, which still applies now, is if I go into a McDonald's, I still like getting a black coffee from McDonald's, especially the morning on my way to work. In the past, when I was a lot bigger, I'd I'd walk into a McDonald's and I would feel and see some people looking, um, staring, and it was very judgmental. It was a very judgmental feel, um, and. I would I would instantly just become embarrassed and ashamed, and all I have done is walked three steps into the building. Whereas now, I walk in and nobody bats an eyelid, nobody glances, nothing like that at all. Um, going into shops and stores in the past. Any any of the shop attendants, you would see them walk up to other people. You know, Good afternoon. Is there anything I can do to help? You know, is there anything that you're looking for? And then they turn and see me, and they would walk away. And that that was it. Was, it was quite upsetting, upsetting to see that happen. Whereas now I'll walk into a store and they will come straight over. And it's it's the same people. So it's it's a very bittersweet feeling with something like that to to know that they once would walk away from me because of my size to now feeling like that they can approach me. Um, so it, it's nice, but it's it is quite sad at the same time. One of the things like when you haven't been that large, you don't realize what it's like to go into space and go into a, a public area and have that kind of attention and then also that kind of like it, it's hard for people to think about someone who's four or five hundred pounds feeling invisible but i think that's a real thing that a lot of people experience yes yes uh the, the amount of people that i've spoken to and because they've never been anywhere near the size they are so in a way they're in awe of what they are being told because they, unless you're in that position, then you, you don't know what it's like and you can't, you, you will never know what it's like. So a lot of people do find it really difficult to believe. Um, because I, as you've just said, it, it, it is quite an odd phenomenon for someone to be so big, but yet be so invisible. It, it it goes against what we would naturally think. Um. So yeah, that that's one thing, and a lot of friends. When I've now explained it, um, a lot of people have kind of felt pity, um, and and felt quite sorrowful, um, to to realize that it does actually happen, and I think it's also made a lot of people look at themselves to see if if they actually do these things without realizing because i think it is a 
it's a subconscious thing that people do so they're not aware of how of how they are making other people feel um but to us as we experience it 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 is very real um so i am hoping that i've been able to bring quite a bit of awareness to people within the community or over things like this oh for sure man and i'm one of the things that i'm curious about as well you know having made such you know like you you had said you know adjusting to living in a new body so you're i'm sure you're having all kinds of new experiences and discoveries like what has that been like for you like what are what are the things that stand out to you in your life now that you could never do before or you never even thought about being able to do um what one of the main things was is not to take things for granted um that that that's one of the key things that i really try and hold on to the simple tasks of getting ready of a morning going to the, you know, making my way to work being able to work and physically be fine um that's something that i really hold dear because a lot of people can quite easily fall out of things like that um for me that the biggest buzz especially physically has been to undertake new challenges that i never thought were possible um as a as as a fundraising for chat for a children's charity i decided to cycle one one mile for every pound that was donated um and actually being able to sit on a stationary bike and then pedal for 60 miles um continuously very draining very tiring but once i was able to see that counter hit 60 miles four and a half hours later um the the, the euphoria that overcame was second to none um going out on runs and on jogs and every time i i reach a new mile um everything for me is always always based in milestones and targets um and i i just look for ways to continually kind of push as as much as i physically can now um just because i was never able to do anything throughout my life so now everything that i i am able to do i'm looking to push um just to kind of see what my body is actually capable of um because i know there's still a lot more that i can do that i haven't done yet so i just see each day as a challenge um that i i look forward to 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 beating (laughs) one of the things that you you mentioned as we were starting to dive into like what this year has been like for you you talked about now one of your goals is kind of to get back to where you were physically several months ago what what's going on for you there? Like what is well, how has that challenge been? Um, it it's been slow and steady. Um, the the main reason for it is it, it has been due to the operation. Um, so I, as I said before, in the March and April when I was able to to do you know, three four exercises a day five days a week, 
um, I was able to run for, I think the maximum distance I ran was six and a half miles. Um, and it, when I completed that, I stopped, but I felt that I could have physically went on for longer. Um, but then with the operation that you know, it took me out of the gym for six weeks, um, nearly eight. And even now I am, I still feel that I am still recovering, even though the outside looks great. Uh, if I am sat down for too long or sometimes with exercises like deadlifts, it, when, when I'm sat, when I pull the weight up and stand up straight, I can still feel the pull um, fr from inside the stomach. So it, it's just slowly get it, it's just slowly reversing the inactivity for so long. Um, also going on going on runs on jogs. I, I do have a Fitbit that I use to track the distance, the heart rate, everything like that. Um, and recently I ran for two miles and as it measured my heart rate, my heart rate was average 178 um, beats per minute, which is extremely high. But then in March, April, if I was to do the same two mile run, my heart rate would be within the 130s. So it's knowing that because of the inactivity that my heart rate, you know, it, even though I felt fine to, to see how much my heart had to work instead. Um, so it's just slowly more jogs, more running, more weights. Um, so I, I understand that it is a process, um, just as, just as losing the weight to begin with, understanding that consistency is key. Um, it, I'm able to take that same approach to the recovery, um, to be able to push myself to get back to where I was, but then to be able to exceed where I was at as, as well. And I think no doubt listening to your story, man, that you, you've got the right mindset and approach to that process and you understand the work it will take to get you there and beyond. So I, I have no doubts that we'll, we'll see that coming for you. Yeah, I, I, I do. One of my key, I, one of my key sayings that I, I try and live by now is that you can have results or excuses, but you can't have both. Um, so understanding that everything is a process um, and that consistency will beat everything else. Um, so just, just holding on to that and knowing as long as I work hard enough for long enough, that it will, it will happen, whether that's fitness or anything else in life. Um, Thankfully, it's principles that I have taken from the weight loss that I can now apply to general life, um, which I, I hope a lot of other people will be able to to also take, learn, and apply that for themselves. 
And I, I think that makes sense. I think that's something we all learn as we go on these journeys that the work it takes is we all, we usually have other areas of our lives that could use that same kind of consistency and effort and work. And they don't become apparent until you work on another issue, you know, so working on your health and fitness and your weight can show you that if I can do this, you know, maybe I can do something else in these, these other areas. I think that that's a powerful yes. perspective. Yes, certainly. I, I've realized that if I compare myself now to myself of five years ago, I am a completely unrecognizable person and that, and not physically, of course, but also how that has bled into every other aspect of life, the determination, the commitment, the perseverance, um, the, 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 the drive, everything about my personality has completely changed. Um, compared to who I was five years ago to now. Um, but also physically, that does help. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Tom, I, I really appreciate you diving into your story today and, and taking us through this journey that you've been on. And it, it's not just exciting and inspiring to hear, but good to know that you, you have a great perspective on how it's a journey that continues. And what what is coming next for you? Um, coming next is the act of recovery um but then next year i will hopefully pandemic permitting um it's going to just be a lot of physical challenges um mountain walks anything to raise money for charities that involves pushing myself physically that that is my aim right now um just to keep pushing keep growing and just keep going. (laughs) No, I I think that sounds fantastic, man. And and if anyone listening today wants to check in on your story and connect with you and and see what's coming for you now, uh, where do they find you? Uh, I am findable on Facebook and Instagram. Um, They're my main two medias that I use. Um, So if anyone just to search my name of Tom Dreher, um, Dreher, then you would find me on both. I am, um, and you, you'll, you will be able to see my progress of my entire weight loss journey. Um, and then you would also be able to see what will be happening over the next 12 months and beyond. Definitely, man. And what is your Instagram handle? I'm going to put a link in the, in the, the show notes, but for people, what, what is that? Um, it is at, T dot Dreher, which is D R E H A. There we go, man. There we go. So Tom, I want to say thank you for, for opening up and, and sharing your experiences with, with my audience today. And I just really appreciate uh, the lessons that you've been able to share with us. Well, I, I, again, just want to say thank you for allowing me to, to be a part of this and to be able to share the story and, um, as as long as one person can be influenced, then I am I'm ecstatic, um, and I feel that I've been able to to do my what I feel like is my job now. <laughs> oh, so I, thank you for giving me the platform to be able to share. Of course, man. And one of the things I do at the end of every episode is I I, I take guys through five questions that I ask everyone. I call them the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your final five questions? I am. 
Okay, so first, Tom, tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, for me, um, <laughs> I would have to go back to my wrestling days and say the big show. I think he is my favorite. His athleticism, what he does in the ring, and seeing his interviews, just how how funny, how how endearing he is, I would say he is my my favorite. I like it, man. Question number two, Tom. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? One lesson. To not let greed overtake any emotions. That, 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 yeah, I would say that, yeah, that, that would be my, my takeaway from it all. No, I think that's a powerful lesson, man. Question number three. So, Tom... Say someone out there listening is the Tom of five years ago, sitting and listening to this episode. And what is one thing you think they can start doing today to get their journey going? One thing to do today is to make yourself accountable to somebody. That For me, that is the key to the get up and go. If you, if you have no accountability to anyone you will never do anything. I like it. Question number four, Tom, what is one thing about yourself that you love? Hmm. <laughs> now, if you were to ask my friends and my work colleagues, <laughs> I'm sure they would have different answers. Uh, one thing that I love about myself, I would say is my, my determination. Determination is, yes, definitely. And question number five, Tom, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, that is not health or fitness related. To... To, to pass my driving test, to have my license and my own car, and to push myself into a management level in work. There we go, man. Those are solid goals, and I have no doubt with your drive and determination that you're going to make that happen. Thank you very much. For sure. <laughs> And so, Tom, just one more time, I want to say a big thank you for coming on the show today. And like I said, everyone, I will have Tom's contact information in the show notes if you want to reach out to him. And if you're interested in contacting me, you can find me on Instagram at GourmetGoesKeto, on Twitter at GourmetGoesKeto. And I'm also now on TikTok and Clapper and several other platforms. So just look for GourmetGoesKeto. You'll be able to find me there. And if you are someone out there looking for someone to help you be accountable on a holistic ketogenic nutrition journey... I am taking on clients for coaching right now. And through the end of this year, if it's still 2020 when you're listening to this, we have a 10% off sale going on on the ketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. My friends, thanks again for joining us on the Fat Guy Forum. Go out there today. Do something to amaze yourselves because you are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back for the next episode. Mm-hmm.